0: Hi, everybody. This is Moshe Fried, and welcome to the very 42nd episode of the Class Stars podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that might seem obvious, but nevertheless always worth thinking about, why it's so important to have clear, objective data. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, How do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. So I guess you can say this is kind of like a follow-up to last week's conversation, uh, Whose Fault Is It Anyway?, um sometimes it's it's nobody's fault, which kind of sounds cheesy, but the idea is that when we think that someone's blaming us for something, we kind of clam up, we close up, and we don't really want to hear that because we're afraid of admitting some level of fault that it's gonna we're gonna lose control over it. So very often we'd rather dig our heels in and maintain our innocence and find someone else to blame and that's certainly not helpful either. So I always try to frame things in terms of not whose fault it is, but whose problem it is. And since we're all on the same team, we all have to be pulling for each other. And if I drop the ball, then you got to help me, Uh, you know, help me out. And, and if you drop the ball, I'll help you out. And when you have that kind of teamwork, it changes everything. But I also want to add something to that. And that is that, it's so important to have clear objective data, and what do I mean by that that's you know something that's obvious. We obviously are constantly collecting data on our students, constantly collecting data on their academic behavioral performance, but i am I've been recently involved uh with a family that is suffering from it's hard really for me to know exactly what's going on, so everything that I'm you know going to describe in this situation. Which obviously you know is going to be kept anonymous as, as all of the case examples that I give here, but you know one of the things that I, that that develop when when a student is in school over a period of time and now we're holding you know more than halfway through February, so we're well well into the year is that we develop impressions of people, we develop you know children develop reputations, we develop reputations, and we kind of go with them, and sometimes kids are struggling in a way where You know The progress that they make, and I've spoken about this in the past as well, I call it invisible progress. They're making subtle progress. They're making small advancements. And unless you're really collecting the data properly, you're not necessarily going to notice that. And the situation that I'm dealing with now is where there's a student who just can't catch a break. Everyone in the school has kind of labeled her, branded her as a certain kind of problem student and she's trying to get recommendations uh for next year and she just can't seem to catch a break and you know we've, we we all know some kids that are like that they they just need a fresh start because they've kind of pulled themselves together not not really completely but somewhat and they're still not getting treated uh fairly what's happening is they're still being dealt with as if they have the same kind of problem as before and i know this might sound very very vague but you know we all develop biases and i keep talking about uh, from daniel kahneman's research and from his book thinking fast and slow he won uh, the nobel prize in economics in 2002 and he's a psychologist and he talks about these cognitive traps and one of them is is the confirmation biases. once you have in your mind and this can happen for a variety of reasons but once you have in your mind that a certain student is struggling a certain way it's going to be very hard to see that they're making progress and that's why when we measure behavior, progress and behavior, we're always looking for a reduction in the frequency or intensity of the dysfunctional behavior. So unless you're actually charting out every time a student acts out, it's going to be really hard to notice improvements. One of the things that is very popular in behavior charts is to divide the day up into small periods. So let's say you have, you know, 20-minute periods That you're measuring, and you rate the student's behavior on a scale of one to five, five being the best, one being the worst. And every twenty minutes, you give them a score. So, if there is no disruption, if there's no uh, dysfunctional behavior in the twenty-minute period, they get a five. And if there is some kind of dysfunctional behavior, so if it happens once, they get a four. If it happens twice, if you know after a warning, it'll be a three. If it happens a third time, you know, so on and so forth. Again, depending on The base, depending on other various factors, but that's this is the basic gist of it. And every 20 minutes, you give them a score. And if you do that, that's real objective data. There, you're actually measuring the frequency. You can also rate the intensity. And we have a tendency not to remember things exactly the way they are. So we take our perspective as the teacher and we don't remember them exactly the way they are. We have our biases. The student, of course, has their perspective with their biases, and we end up with two very different stories here. And now, if you're a principal or a parent or or any member of the support network that's not present, while these things are happening, you can't make heads or tails out of that. There's no way for you to figure out what actually happened because it's your it's it's one person's word against the other person's word. You know, if you're side, you know, if you're from the school. You know, it makes sense to trust the teacher. The teacher's an adult. The teacher doesn't have an agenda here against the student necessarily, although, you know, we probably can think of situations where, where we have seen that. But it's not something that we would assume off the bat. But if you're aligned with the student, if you're a parent, or if you're on the parent side, you know, I know from just my experience as a social worker that kids' sides of the stories are very often not credited or... You know, not taken as seriously as they as they as they should be in all cases, and again, it's tough it's very, very hard. I'm not sure if there's another way to do it other than really having this clear and objective data so you know, like we spoke about last week, we're not looking to blame people, we're not looking to say it's the teacher's fault, it's the student's fault. you know it's everybody's job that the student should succeed. everybody's got to do what they can, and we've got to understand the kind of success that is acceptable that is reasonable for the child, of course, children learn at different levels, at different paces, in different ways, and different, uh, different levels of ability. And we, we need to identify those levels of ability and those ways that the students are learning. We have to have a very clear picture of what the goals are, the short-term goals, you know, over the course of the day, over the course of the week, over the course of the month, over the course of the term, so on and so forth. So all that stuff is really, really important. And then to really measure the data objectively. Another area where the data is not really so clear is when it comes to simply marking attendance. You know, there's this wonderful organization called Attendance Works and uh, they've they've been working on attendance issues and research and data on attendance. And, you know, one of the things that they point out that's really, really interesting is that we don't even really pay too much attention to excused absences. Like, we kind of think like if... If they have a good excuse for being absent, that's okay, and it's certainly better than unexcused absences. But missing class time is missing class time, whether you have a good excuse or not. And if you are not going to pay attention to the time that students are missing from class, it's going to impact their academics. It's it's definitely going their academics is definitely going to take a hit, and there is a lot of research to support that. Maybe we'll get more into it in a future podcast episode. We'll really get into the data. That attendance works has, but just on the surface level, and it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. In fact, not only does it make sense, if the data didn't show that, I think it'd be a bigger problem. You know, if, if kids not showing up to school doesn't make a difference, that's a that's a really big problem. You mean it doesn't matter if they come to school or not? So obviously showing up makes a difference, and we have to have clear and objective data. And sometimes kids are Sent out of class, obviously, it's, that's, that's a tough call. Sometimes it's necessary. We try to minimize it. But again, that plays into it. Kids get pulled out for services. Kids show up and are marked as present and then leave. They go to the bathroom. They spend a lot of time out of class. And they kind of slip under the radar with that. And they're clearly able to push the envelope. These kids are very, very smart. They know how to get away with this stuff. And we're just not paying attention to this stuff. And one thing leads to the next. They all add up. And before you know it, you have a situation that's completely out of control. And the only solution really that I could understand is by having clear objective data. You've got to keep track of behaviors. You've got to keep track of attendance. If a kid leaves the room, it needs to be logged. When a kid comes back, it needs to be logged. It's obviously a tremendous amount of work to do all this stuff. So that's why it's not being done. The reason why we're not doing it is not because we don't think that this is important. I don't think anybody thinks that subjective and, you know, subjective feelings about how kids are doing, that that's okay. Nobody thinks that that's okay. It's just that there's so much responsibility already on the teacher's plate, and we demand so much of our teachers, and they have to manage a classroom and run a classroom and deliver the lesson and manage all the behaviors, and then, you know, a kid goes out to the bathroom and spends twice as much time as they should, nine out of ten times it's going to go unnoticed. That's just the way it goes. So what are you going to do? So, you know, obviously with the Class Stars app coming out really soon, we'll have a chance to talk about it more in detail once it comes out. But we try to address some of these issues. We try to give you a tool that makes it really simple to record the things that are happening in the classroom in a very simple and intuitive way. We keep track of misbehaviors. We keep track of positive feedback. We keep track of attendance in real time. When a kid leaves the room, mark them out. When a kid comes back, mark them back. And we keep track of all the time. Everything is very simple, very smooth, very quick, very intuitive. So the lesson of the day is, again, something that we all know. But let's keep our data objective. Let's have real measures of data. Let's have real measures as far as attendance is concerned, as far as behaviors are concerned. And you'll see if you pay attention to this and you just review it in the beginning of every day really, really quickly, you know, if you put together a spreadsheet and you just, if you have an assistant in the classroom, it's extremely helpful. Have the assistant just mark down on a, with a pen and paper, just mark down what's going on, all these little things that are happening. And let's pay attention to them and let's make sure that we have a clear picture of what's going on with each and every kid. And you'll see that in just a couple of weeks, kids can really turn around. So we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please share it with all your friends. Check out our Facebook Live that comes out usually on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, Tuesdays or Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Currently, we are reviewing Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's great for us as teachers, great for us to teach to our students, great values of being effective. And again, look out for the Class Stars app that will be coming to the Apple App Store, Google Play, and the Microsoft App Store really, really soon. See you all next week. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.